All right, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is Zeb, your host of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast. This is starting season two. This is the first episode in the year 2021, so I'm going to call it season two, since season one was all the episodes in 2020. And so this episode I did, I record, I researched it all in the middle of December. I've just been holding on to it for a while to record until today. This is... Falun Gong, or also known as Falun Dafa. Uh, Now, this topic led me down a unique rabbit hole. Most episodes of this podcast is me finding a topic I find interesting, usually something non-divisive, like, you know, the song Rainbow Connection, or at least something that is in the past, like stories from World War II that aren't currently up for debate. Then, to turn that topic into I turn that topic into a podcast I research. I I watch YouTube videos, I read Wikipedia, and a few articles from reputable news sources about that topic. That's it. That's the recipe I use for the Who to Thunk It podcast. But this topic for this episode is different. This topic is current and ongoing. Now, I follow a Reddit page that is all about Hong Kong's struggle against the Chinese Communist Party. I saw a post that talked about the three T's. I was like, what's the three T's? And it was... Tibet, Taiwan, and Tiananmen. And there there are three events, three stains on the Chinese Communist Party's reputation and history uh, that that they don't want anyone to talk about, at least not in their country. And I recognized all three of the T's from, because, you know, I know history. I know know what happened in Tibet. I know about Taiwan and Tiananmen. If you don't, go go ahead and look it up. Um, I understood why um, that would be protested by the Chinese government. But in the comment section, someone mentioned the two C's as well. And I found out those two C's came to mean cults and criticism. Now, I understand criticism would be on the list of things that China doesn't want the Chinese doesn't want people to talk about with the Chinese president being, you know, banning something as trivial as Winnie the Pooh, because someone pointed out that he held a resemblance to Disney's honey eating bear. Um, Seriously, uh, China, the Chinese Communist Party president, he bans things. He bans like the NBA. Uh, they try not to offend China or else they won't, you know, they won't get the money from China. That's a huge thing in Hollywood right now. Lots of shows and and, and movies. They don't want to offend the Chinese president or the Chinese Communist Party because if they do, there's tons of money in China right now. Um, so criticism. They don't want anyone to criticize them. But cults? That was the other C, cults. What story is behind the connection between the Chinese Communist Party and cults? Seriously, those are like two of my favorite things to gossip about or like talk about. And, you know, oppressive communist regimes and cults. Now on this Reddit post, I'm finding out that the two are connected via China. I had to dig deeper and dig deeper I did. Uh, So this will be a two-part story. This is part one. Next week's part two. First, I watched a 30-minute ABC News story that was interesting. uh, But something in the back of my head said they were tiptoeing around something. Like they were afraid to go deeper. And so next, I watched a video from the Falun Gong themselves titled In Their Own Words. I thought, all right, sounds like they're trying to give an unedited type of perspective on their own group. I'll give it a shot. It featured people from New York saying how nice the practice is, how much it is, how much it made their lives better and how evil the Chinese Communist Party is. But there was zero talk about the group's spiritual beliefs. And of course, it had no it had that propaganda stench to it, you know, like they all were pushing something on the viewer. They wanted you to believe this and not question it. 
then unsatisfied that I had not gotten the meat and potatoes of the subject, you know, that source that I typically look for that be that being the unbiased yet interested perspective, someone who is very interested and curious about it, but doesn't give a crap about either side doesn't you know get emotional about it so i started reading article after article each story either tried telling me how innocent the falun gong people were and how evil the chinese communist party was or vice versa every other article just told me how crazy falun gong was and how the china how china isn't that bad um it was obvious i had stumbled upon something rather big i stumbled upon a battle of sorts that had permeated the internet like everywhere i looked the world's news sources was riddled with mostly biased stories and hardly any middle of the road takes on the falun gong versus chinese communist parties debacle that's when i clicked on the 19 minute long youtube video uh, that looked to me, look the least professional. It was titled, quote, the Chinese cult is not this Chinese cult is not your friend. It's by J.J. McCullough. He is this Canadian guy, like full on Canadian with, you know, the oh, I don't know what it's a boot uh, pronunciation and everything. Uh, J.J. McCullough's opinion on Falun Gong and the Chinese Communist Party, most aligned with my own. And it, I, you know, that that neutral, I don't really care either way. And it turns out he works uh, for The Washington Post. So pretty reputable i would say um it's his youtube channel and he just sits there and talks about stuff and has good editing skills i guess i just wanted to share this process in particular because it was a very different experience from most of the episodes that i do this episode is about an ongoing propaganda war between a successful international cult and a communist government quickly becoming the next world power it's a powder keg i mean it's a big deal um so i didn't want to just say you know, normally I would arrange the information I got from each source in any order I saw fit as to construct a narrative. So it's more entertaining for my listeners. But because this topic is ongoing, because history hasn't yet etched this story's narrative into stone yet with a nice ending everyone can agree on, um, I've decided to just give the information in the same order as I consumed each news source. There won't be a set narrative. This won't be a nice this won't be a nice story with a beginning and end, and I chose to do that so you, the listener, can form your own opinion, but I, I don't really need a narrative. I'm pretty sure you're going to find this entertaining. First, let me begin with Google's definition of a cult. A cult can be a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. It can also be a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. It can also be a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. I bring up this definition because Falun Gong is widely regarded as a cult. You decide if if they fit the, those definitions. So first thing I watched um, was the ABC's foreign correspondent report. It gave a good background on the Falun Gong. Started in The Falun Gong started in China in 1992 based on traditional meditation and breathing exercises called uh, Qigong. That's spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G. And when I was looking into the exercises themselves, these ancient exercises, I thought, yeah, I'd be willing to try those. They seem beneficial to your health. And they're, you know, this ancient practice passed down by generations to help heal people and make them feel better. Um, Sort of reminded me of yoga in some way. I imagine they help alleviate stress, you know. So the practices themselves 
I, I kind of want to give those a try. But Falun Gong is different from Qigong exercises. The leader of Falun Gong added a supernatural layer to the Qigong meditation. So he basically took these meditations and added a whole backstory to them that's We'll get into that. The leader's name is Li Hongzhi. That's L-I and then H-O-N-G-Z-H-I. I actually know the pronunciation of these because, like I said, I did a lot of looking into these, watched a lot of stuff on this. these people. It's Li Hongzhi. And promise it, he promises his followers will be able to return to heavenly kingdoms where they once existed before and supposedly teaches his followers how to levitate. That, that was right there in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, he teaches him how to levitate. Okay. Um, sure. By the end of the 1990s, Falun Gong's um, tens of millions of followers, the Chinese Communist Party, or they had tens of millions of followers, and the Chinese Communist Party saw Li Hongzhi's movement, or cult, was commanding more power from the Chinese people than the government and basically tried to shut down Falun Gong. The Chinese government took tens of thousands of Falun Gong members and placed them into re-education camps. That's a quote. I'm not calling them that. That's what they. That's what the Chinese Communist Party called them, re-education camps, uh, where they were locked up indefinitely. The Chinese Communist Party uh, wanted all members to renounce their new faith, and they labeled Falun Gong as an evil, mind-controlling cult. And to combat it, they locked Falun Gong practitioners all up in camps, demanded they all act with complete obedience towards the government, and. Basically, the Chinese government acted like a cult themselves to combat a cult. Those are the ABC's words. That's how they said it. When the Chinese government started cracking down on his movement, Li Hongzhi got the heck out of Dodge. In 1997, he became a U.S. citizen, and by 1998, he moved to New York State. Now, Master Li, as everyone seems to call him, got to work setting up a retreat in a rural area, uh, Deer Park, New York. It has been over two decades since the Falun Gong leadership moved to the U.S. Today, you can see practitioners meditating or exercising in parks, usually with yellow shirts and coats on in upstate New York. Um, they believe that this meditation or exercising improves health of the mind and the body. Uh, the whole yellow T-shirt thing, that goes that goes way back to you know, Chinese people like the color yellow. I, that's a simplified version of it. But um, you can see if you see people in a park doing like yoga and meditation and breathing exercises in yellow, that's Falun Gong people. And that'd be awesome. Please pull over and just or just look at them for a little bit because that's really interesting. But one of the main criticisms of Falun Gong is that it encourages its practitioners to rely solely on its exercises and leader for their health. Some practitioners are convinced they don't need Western medicine and therefore they find themselves in an early grave. ABC interviewed an Australian family whose mother passed away from a stroke due to high blood pressure. Her mother was on medication, but when she joined Falun Gong, she stopped the medication. Her daughter said it quote it it would have taken two tablets a day and she would still be here with us now her mother would still be with her so abc interviewed falun gong's vice president who stated that going to the doctor is not a forbidden thing within their spiritual movement if someone doesn't go to the doctor that is their own choice however uh, former members of falun gong described a social pressure not to seek out western medicine as it was shamed within the falun gong community personally I understand the vice president's um, uh, the vice president of Falun Gong's logic. Each individual act, each individual's actions are their own choice. You know, that's 
that's what they're adults. They can do what they want. That keeps them out of legal trouble, Falun Gong. But let me read you another definition here. Um, plausible deniability is the ability to deny any involvement in illegal or ineth- unethical uh, activities because there is no clear evidence to prove involvement. The lack of evidence makes the denial credible or plausible. The use of the tactic implies forethought, such as intentionally setting up the conditions to plausibly avoid responsibility for one's future actions. Uh, And (laughs) plausible deniability, what I'm reading off here, has a picture of Richard Nixon. So just gives you an idea there. Other former members have described the atmosphere of Falun Gong compounds like Dragon Springs in upstate New York as oppressive. Uh, there's a belief that Master Lee can read everyone's minds at all times and that he knows aliens walk among us. Master Lee also believes that race mixing, uh, his words, race mixing humans is an alien plot to drive humanity farther from the gods. So therefore, to Falun Gong, biracial people are demons or at the very least, inferior. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying that, just to be clear. Uh, then ABC went, on, went in depth on Falun Gong's political connections, namely their support for the Trump administration. Yep, Trump is involved in this. <laughs> Donald Trump has been famously tough on China. That has been a major theme in the Trump administration. So Falun Gong, therefore, sees Trump as an ally, as they see as they see the Chinese Communist Party as the ultimate evil. So it's sort of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. To support the Trump administration, Falun Gong has connected, been connected to media outlets like the Epic Times, that's E-P-O-C-H, Epic Times, Honest Paper, and Pure American Journalism. You probably have heard of at least some of these they have huge campaigns on social media, and there's this one actor who he's always there for the Epic Times ads that just annoys the crap out of me. For months, I kept seeing this guy pop up. He's like, do you know what China's really been doing? I'm like, I don't care, dude. Get off my YouTube video. <laughs> but anyway, Epic Times, they're connected to them. Falun Gong is. Officially, Falun Gong and Epic Times deny any connection between each other, but ABC interviewed a former employee of Epic Times. Australian division who says that this is a lie and that virtually everyone who works for the Epic Times in F- is a Falun Gong practitioner except for like the one token guy who's not. They're like they point to him and say, "Look, not everyone is a Falun Gong guy. You know, that guy over there, he's a Protestant, you know." And you probably have heard of Epic Times in the form of an ad because Falun Gong has spent millions of dollars funding social media campaigns for them, like I said. The fact-finding website Snopes.com has been investigating Epic Times activity on Facebook and found out that a network linked to the Epic Times called The BL or The Beautiful Life have been creating fake Facebook groups and accounts in to support the Trump administration. They took pictures from in, from the internet of random people to create false accounts. They were sloppy enough to use a picture of the very famous actress Helen Mirren uh, for one of the their fake posts, and so that's pretty obvious. When the Snopes exposed the BL. They began to use AI-generated images as profile pictures for their fake account, uh, but AI technology isn't quite up to the task, so these had distorted faces and black eyes and drooping eyebrows. Um, that shows the lengths of the Epic Times, and allegedly Falun Gong will go to in order to sway public opinion. So they're they're not just doing ads, you know, legitimately trying to sway people or 
you know, misinformation, they're creating fake accounts. That is like blatantly lying about about what they're trying to get across. And I have pictures on the blog of, of tons of famous actresses they use and they put random names on them and say, you know, MAGA, Trump, and <laughs> it's pictures of Helen Mirren. Oh my gosh. Because getting Trump reelected was one of the cause it's of cosmic importance to Falun Gong. Facebook banned the BL and the Epic Times from advertising further in August 2019. Facebook estimated they spent nine and a half million in ads and reached 55 million users. 55 million people were influenced by this cult. <laughs> it's insane. Snopes found that the BL network was being run out of Vietnam by former Epic Times employees, but Epic Times denied any connections. Once again, that is sort of like plausible deniability to me, sort of. And what does Falun Gong say about all this political meddling? Their vice president stated that from an organizational point of view, they don't have any policy on how their members should vote. There is no written rule. Although Master Lee hasn't been on camera for years, ABC showed a clip of him from 1999 saying this to end out their, um, their video. I only teach people to be good, to be free of disease and do exercises and to reach higher moral standards. I make people's hearts better. To me, I kind of get that part of it. If you're just looking at the very surface level of Falun Gong, it's getting people to go outside and exercise. That is beautiful. That is amazing. I'm just going to say that. If you're, if you, you know, I don't completely understand Qigong yet. I haven't done it. But let's, let's just, for the sake of argument, just equate it to yoga. If you're convincing millions of people to go outside into parks and practice yoga, that has got to be, do, do amazing thing for people's mental health. I know if my entire neighborhood did that, there'd be a lot more smiles and a lot less, you know, yelling and, and that'd be great. Um, but that's just the surface level. Falun Gong is not just a, a yoga practicing community. They're a cult. In conclusion to what ABC had to say about Falun Gong, they lightly touched on the supernatural beliefs of Falun Gong and explained their new shady political involvement, namely their support for Donald Trump and conservative America. ABC also talked to a few families who suffered tragedy at the hands of Falun Gong's growing movement and went into great detail on how they have been persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party. That is all uh, the farther I'll go for this episode. I like to keep my episodes under 20 minutes if possible, but I'm not done with this topic. Not by a long shot. I have a lot more to say. I consider this topic fascinating and a goldmine of information. Tune in next week to hear the second half of my story on Falun Gong. In the meantime, I have posted the written accompanying blog post, the written version of this podcast on wordpress.com. It's my, it's my blog. Um, I'll leave a link in the description. Please check it out because there's pictures and links to my resources on there. Thanks for listening to Thunkers. Tune in next week for the second part of my story on Falun Gong. I go in way more detail. This was just the surface of it. And until next time. <laughs>